Welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. It's great to have you with us. I'm going to pray in a second uh, and then we'll continue through with our service for this morning. Uh, lots of different people involved in helping in lots of different ways. Uh, and so please do uh, join in with the prayers. Please do listen attentively to what's been said uh, and what God might be saying to you. Have an ear for what's coming from the screen, but also an ear for what God might be saying directly to you. Uh, and yeah, spend this time in worship and praise. Spend this time listening. Spend this time thinking about what it means to live in relationship with Jesus, even in these strange, difficult times. So let's pray and then we'll continue through. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can come together as your family. We can come together as your body, that you are the head and that we're in relationship with you. And Lord, I thank you that even in these difficult times, even when we're scattered and not physically able to come together, that still electronically and still in, within our spirits, we can come together because we are one family and we are one body. And so Lord Jesus, I pray you would meet with us this morning, send your spirit, whoever we are, wherever we are, whenever we're watching this recording, uh, whether it's live or whether it's uh, later uh, in time, Lord, I pray that you would be speaking to us, send your spirit to fill us and enable us and equip us. Lord Jesus, thank you. Amen. Okay, so it's great that you're with us. We're going to begin this morning uh, with Anya uh, leading us uh, in a worship song. It's one called Our God. The first line of it, sometimes how it's known, is water you turned into wine. Uh, if it's one that you know, then join in. If it's one that you don't know, I'm sure you'll pick it up quickly, then join in as well. The words should appear at the bottom of the screen uh, as Anya's leading us through this. So let's worship together. Our God, water you turned into wine. Healer, awesome and power, our God. 
before I do my short talk uh, this morning uh, then we've got some prayers uh, and we've got uh, our Bible reading uh, our prayers today uh, Stan Hawkins one of the uh, newer uh, members of the church one of the newer people coming along uh, and Jane King uh, are going to be doing the prayers for us thank you Stan and Jane that's really great that you've done that for us this week uh, and our Bible reading following the tradition that we have of uh, having people who have been uh, members at Wellsprings but are now living in other places we've gone slightly less further afield this week we're not in America we're not even in Wales uh, this week we're in Bristol uh, and Tom Wilson Tom grew up uh, as part of Wellsprings with his family uh, left us to go to university and then became a UCCF worker working in the universities uh, in the southwest supporting the Christian unions and the things there uh, Tom had a couple of years doing that uh, and he's now living and working full-time in Bristol so thank you Tom for agreeing to do this so we've got Stan and Jane leading our prayers uh, and then we've got Tom bringing us our Bible reading for this morning dear Lord thank you for all the good you have been doing in these troubled times the coming together of communities the unintended but welcome break for our environment and a heightened sense in all of us of the things that really matter. Lord, we ask you to bring your healing hand to those who need it, now and in the days to come, and that with your grace, soon we can put these challenging days behind us. Lord, be with the key workers and give them the strength to continue in their vital works. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Father God, I praise you, for you are amazing. And you are most worthy to be praised. I thank you that your promises and your love never fail, that you keep your promises. I thank you God that even though we're going through these difficult times that you are in control. I trust you Lord that you will use this time and this uncertainty and you will use it to serve your purposes, that you will bring good from this situation. Lord, we ask you to be with us all, especially those who are sick. Bring your healing and your peace. To those of us who are anxious or struggling, please, Lord, bring us peace and hope. Help us to continue to trust you and to know that with your love, we will overcome. I pray, Lord God, for the leaders of the governments that are making decisions, Lord, about how we come out of this lockdown and when. 
pray that you will guide them, that you will give them your wisdom. And I pray, Lord, that this illness will all be over soon. Amen. Good morning from just up the road in Bristol. Hope you're all doing really well. Our reading this morning is from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 28. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a new teaching, and with authority? He has given orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Normally I begin uh, these short talks each week by telling you about something that I've been up to in the week, some event that's happened, something that's gone on. Um, but probably this week I don't need to tell you uh, about one of the things that's happened because uh, lots of people have already found out. Um, I'd had received... Thank you, Miriam. That was really, really kind of you. It really meant a lot. Um, this special badge, this special medal uh, for the work that not just I'm doing, but the whole of the uh, coronavirus community help group for Taunton are doing, helping so many people. We're up to about, uh, about 140 different households, something like that, that we've been helping over the last few weeks, we're getting prescriptions, uh, doing shopping and getting food for them, going to the post office, um, ringing up and chatting to people, doing all kinds of strange things, including uh, helping, <coughs> excuse me, helping someone out when their freezer broke and so we got to look after their stewed apples and keep them frozen for them and the person who we did that with decided this week that he was going to go to the gazette and tell them the story because he thought it was a good story to tell them and so that was in the gazette uh, and then uh, bbc radio somerset rang up and i'd done an interview with them this morning uh, that's gone out on the radio so that uh, more people can hear about the kinds of things that the coronavirus community help group are doing but also that Wellsprings Community Church are doing to support and help uh, their local community, our local community, not just in this coronavirus time, but other times as well. All the way through, one of the things I keep saying is, I don't deserve any special recognition. I don't deserve any special reward. It's nothing special that I'm doing. Uh, it's the group together that are doing all these things, uh, which is really true. But realistically, the reason that we've got the medal the reason that we've been in the newspaper uh, and on the radio is because we have been doing something. It's a recognition uh, that we are doing things to help people in our local community. And so that's really great. It's been recognised uh, that, that what we're doing is supporting and helping people. In the reading today, 
we've got Jesus calling, uh, Jesus choosing the very first disciples who are going to be with him and follow him around and learn from him and be closest to him and then be the ones who, uh, after he's gone, carry on that message uh, that he's begun giving to people. Uh, and they weren't chosen because of something that they'd done. It wasn't a recognition of something that they'd already done. Let me try and explain. Uh, if you were um, a boy back then, the biggest uh, aim that you could have, the biggest job that you could have was to become the disciple of a rabbi so that eventually you would become a rabbi yourself. They were regarded as the greatest uh, in the country. They were the ones who were closest to God. They were the ones who knew the most. And so the boys would have to go through this process uh, step by step uh, of learning parts of the Bible and then in the end learning the whole of the Old Testament and then showing that they could begin to apply that uh, and teach it in different ways. Uh, and, and all through that process they would have to do tests as they went along. And any time that any of the boys failed a test they would then have to leave the rabbi and they would, or leave the school that they were learning in and they would have to go back to their family and they would have to begin to learn again the family business. They would have to begin to learn again how to be a farmer or a fisherman or a carpenter or whatever the situation may be. So once they failed their test, once they were shown to be not good enough, then they had to go back to the family business. These disciples that Jesus meets, these men that Jesus meets, are fishermen. And the Bible tells us that two of them were still in their father's boat. Uh, so, so we can see what age they were they were much younger perhaps than we think they were uh, and also uh, it shows that they'd been rejected they'd been shown to be failures they'd been shown to be not good enough to become the disciple of a rabbi not good enough to be able to represent god and teach about god to the people that were around them they would have felt failures they would have felt rejected by the rabbi and by god that's how James and John and Peter and Andrew, I'm sure, would have been feeling, particularly about God. You know, sometimes I get that question as well. I don't know whether you do that. Who am I kind of question? Who am I? You know, we feel rubbish. Uh, we feel not good enough. Uh, we get used to rejection. And so and so we expect it. And, it. and it's what we know is coming for us. We become down on ourselves. Uh, it affects the way that we see other people and the way that we treat other people, the way that we interact and react and relate to other people. And yet these rejected fishermen, the ones who were not good enough, are the ones that Jesus turns the tradition around and he chooses them. It's not about them coming to him and asking to be a disciple like it would have been for all the other rabbis. It was Jesus choosing them. He chooses them to be his disciples. No matter what anyone else thinks, no matter what anyone else has seen of you in the past, no matter that you've been rejected and you feel down on yourself, you feel left out, you feel all those things. Jesus comes to them and he says, I want you. I accept you. I love you. Uh, these disciples didn't then suddenly become perfect. They didn't get everything right all the time, but they did see themselves differently. And they did see others differently. And they did act differently. And they did represent Jesus 
everywhere that they went by their words and by their actions and they did end up literally changing the face of the entire world because Jesus didn't choose them for their failures for their rejections in the past he didn't choose them for all those things that they thought of themselves he chose them for who they would become in him and that's what he does with us too even if we feel rubbish even if we feel not good enough even if we're used to rejection and failure even if we feel down on ourselves a lot of the time even if then it means that we're down on others a lot of the time even if it means we feel lonely even if it feel means we feel isolated he says i want you i accept you i love you uh, there's a writer called dan taylor uh, who tells a story in one of his books about when he was uh, a boy in school. Uh, every week in his school they used to have dance lessons. Uh, they would have to go into the main hall of the school, primary sort of age, they'd have to go into the main hall of the school uh, and they'd have to do ballroom dancing for an hour. And the thing that he hated the most, particularly at that age, was that they'd go into the hall, the boys would sit uh, on chairs along one side of the hall, the girls would sit on chairs at the other side of the hall. Uh, and then when the teacher called the name of one of the boys, he would have to go and stand in the middle of the hall. And then he would have to choose which of the girls he wanted to dance with him that day. And so whichever boy was chosen first, he would go and he would choose probably the popular girl, the good looking girl, the fun girl to be with. Uh, and then gradually, as those girls were taken, they'd move to the side with the boy, and then the next boy would step up and the next boy. Um, and in Dan's class, uh, there was a girl called Mary. Mary had had all kinds of problems when she was younger. Um, she'd had a, a disease that affected her, and so one leg was shorter than the other. She couldn't walk very easily. She certainly couldn't dance very well. She was all uncoordinated. She was overweight. Uh, she was the person that everyone else in the class used to pick on and make fun of and laugh at. And not surprisingly, Mary was always the last to be chosen. There was one particular day where uh, they were gonna be doing their dance uh, in the afternoon. And that morning, the teaching assistant in the class came up to Dan and the teaching assistant in the class uh, went to the same church as Dan and his family went to. And so she knew Dan a little bit from that and he knew her a little bit from that. Uh, and she came across and she said something that Dan, uh, it really freaked him out because she came across and she said, Dan, this afternoon when we have our dance class, when it comes your turn to choose a partner for the day, why don't you choose Mary? And Dan says that he thought inside, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to look stupid in front of everybody else. Uh, and then she said this line uh, that really freaked him completely because she said, why don't you choose Mary? And he, in his mind, is rejecting that idea. Uh, and then she said, because that's what Jesus would do. And so for the next couple of hours, he's completely freaked. He's going around thinking, what do I do? Do I, do I say I'm going to choose Mary and everybody laugh at me and everyone make fun of me uh, and everybody really have a go at me? Uh, or do I ignore what the teaching assistant has said uh, and not do what Jesus would do? 
what will she say to my mum and dad at church on Sunday if that's what happens? And so he's got this dilemma for the next few hours building up to this lesson. Uh, and then he, he has a plan. He manages to get himself to the back of the queue of the boys going into the hall so that when they sit in the hall, he's furthest away from the teacher who he's going to ask. And the teacher always goes to the first person who's in front of them and says, you choose the girl first. And they have to walk into the middle of the hall and make their announcement. And so he, he managed to get himself sat at the end and then probably he'll be last to choose. And so he'll have to choose Mary. And then he's done what the teaching assistant wanted. He's done what Jesus would have done. And, and he's got away with it with no one making fun of him or anything like that. He sat at the end of the queue. The teacher walks along the line until he stood at Dan's end of the line for the first time ever. And he says, Dan, you choose first today. And so Dan slowly walks to the middle of the hall. His mind is whirring and racing. What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? He stands in the middle of the hall he closes his eyes, he summons up all the courage that he has, and he says, I choose Mary. And at that moment, there was silence in the hall. He opened his eyes and looked up. All the girls were sat open-mouthed and amazed. He could feel the boys behind and their eyes drilling into the back of his head. But the thing that he did do was to look at that moment at Mary. And, and he describes in his book this amazing look in the eyes and in the face of Mary as surprise and excitement and joy fills her. She, she stood up and she proudly, the best that she could, walked to the middle of the hall and Dan took her hand and they stood at the side until everyone else had been chosen and then the music started. Uh, and Dan says he's not sure now whether Mary will ever remember him. He's not sure now whether Mary will remember the afternoon uh, being in primary school where she was chosen to be the person who danced with the person who chose first. But he says he'll never forget because that feeling that he got from her, the way that she held herself, the way that she smiled at him, the way that her eyes were alive, was just so amazing and so wonderful and something that he's never experienced in any way before. Despite how she appeared, despite all her failings, despite all of her previous rejections, despite of how she felt about herself and therefore how she treated others, Dan had chosen Mary. And that's what Jesus does. He looks at us today. He sees all that we are and all that we have been and all that we've done and all that we think of ourselves and all that we think of others and all the actions we've done and all that stuff. And he says, I want you. I accept you. I love you. I choose you. And then like those first disciples, we will be transformed. We will be changed. We won't become perfect. We won't get everything right all the time, but we'll see ourselves differently. We'll see others differently. We'll act differently. We could even end up literally changing the world, not because of anything we deserve, not because of anything about who we are, 
but because Jesus looks at us and says, I choose you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you stand before each one of us, even today, whether we've known you for all our lives, whether we've known you for a little time, whether we don't know you at all yet. You stand before us and you say, I choose you. I love you. I accept you. I want you to spend your life with me. And so, Lord Jesus, we ask that we would be able to do that. We would be able to continue that journey in a new and excited way with a new spring in our step. That we'd be able to begin that journey of discovering what it means to know you and to walk with you. Lord Jesus, thank you that your love for us is so amazing that you are willing to say, I choose you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Amen.
Christ is risen And bow down before Him For He is Lord of all And sing hallelujah Christ is risen Oh come to the altar, Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Good morning, my name's Andrew Glass and it's my privilege to lead the communion part of our service together today. My wife Joyce and I have a dog called Trix. He's a rescue dog, probably about 10 years old and he's been with us for about two and a half years and we're at least his third home. He's of what you might call mixed parentage with a staffy face and long hound-like legs but he wouldn't be any good as a working dog if you give him a command he looks at you like Manuel in Faulty Towers okay and you watch the, the cogs whir he hates water in any form and he has separation anxiety so he panics if he thinks you're going somewhere without him if he was on sale in a market for second-hand dogs he would probably be at the end of the line, one of the last to be picked. But he's our dog and we love him as he is. We feed him and care for him, take him out, enjoy his company and we'd be very upset if anything happened to him. He may be nothing special but he's our much beloved dog. There are times, often times, when I really feel I'm nothing special at all. That may be because of thoughts that go through my head, the way life is working out at the time, or because of what others have said about me. When I was at school, I was 107th out of 108 for biology, and I was always one of the last two to be picked for any teams in sports. So I too felt a little bit the last to be picked. And so often I've been bowed down with a sense of failing, disappointment, anxieties. I expect most of us are suffering with some of that sensation at the moment. Because of that, communion is a very special time for me. When I first became a Christian, the idea of repentance, turning away from my sins, from the things that I do that I shouldn't or should do that didn't and living a new life that was all very much about avoiding God's judgment but Jesus in dying on the cross took on himself the judgment that I should have had he suffered and died for me so as I accept that gift by faith the burden of judgment is lifted and I give thanks for that whenever I share in communion 
But more and more for me, communion is also a celebration of all that lay behind Jesus' life and death and resurrection, which was and is the expression of the immense love that God has for me. Someone who is, in quotes, nobody special. Communion brings us all to the same level. We all come to the cross on the same terms, bringing nothing of so-called merit of our own, only coming because God has shown his love for us and made himself known to us, and that does make us very special. If you have bread and wine or juice to hand, that's fine, and it would be good to uh, get them ready if you haven't already done so. If you don't have them to hand, don't worry, they're only symbols, and it's what your heart is saying to God that matters. Perhaps you've never taken communion before, but you feel this morning it's something that God is prompting you to do. I would encourage you to share with us in this time, whether you have the bread and wine or not. Wherever you are, this time is between you and God, and nobody else is watching you or listening to you, or taking any notice. Please feel that you can speak to God as he leads you to do. So as we prepare for sharing the bread and wine, let's listen to the words of an old hymn and reflect on them as a prayer. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears, within, without, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, Thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because I promise, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. So we take our bread, a symbol of the body of Jesus, broken on the cross for us to take the judgment for our sins and we give thanks as we eat it being at the same time apart physically but in fellowship together so we break the bread and we eat of it and we give thanks and praise to our Saviour Likewise, we take our wine, or juice, which is a symbol of Jesus' blood shed for us, a reminder, something to help us not to forget, and we give thanks as we drink it, again being apart, but in fellowship together.
Let's pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So there we are. Thank you for joining with us this morning for our service. Uh, it's been great to be with you. Um, please do remember to keep sending in your prayer requests, to keep sending in your highlights, uh, to keep using the Keep Connected uh, that Andrew Coleman uh, is sending out to everyone, uh, to keep volunteering, to be involved maybe in doing some prayers or Bible reading or leading the communion uh, or leading some songs of worship. Uh, or doing whatever you feel you're able to do maybe giving a little testimony so that we can include them as part of these services uh, that would be really great if you could do that thank you to everyone who's been involved this morning you've done a really really great job uh, and yeah so uh, we're going to be finishing now those of you uh, who are on the wellsprings community church group uh, will know that uh, there are various other things happening uh, please do keep looking out on the facebook group uh, whichever one you're watching or whichever um, thing you're watching through uh, then please do keep looking there because various things pop up through the week various things take place and so it'd be great if you could join us for any of those uh, but for today we're done so let me say a closing prayer uh, and then we'll be completely finished lord jesus thank you for being with us this morning thank you that you've been speaking to us through the worship and the sung times through the bible readings through the prayers through the talk through just being with you, through that communion time that we've shared together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've been with us. Thank you that we are your body, that we are your family, that we are your church, that we're united as one with you as the head, even though we're scattered in so many places. And Lord Jesus, I pray that this week we would all be safe. It would be a good week for us. It would be a week where we'd be aware of your presence with us, your love surrounding us, and the difference that you make in our lives day by day and help us to make that difference in the lives of others where and when we can, even at this difficult time. So I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we'll see you all next Sunday at 10.30. Maybe see you at some of the other things that are happening through the week. Do keep looking out for those. Remember to post and put things on, highlights and prayers and songs and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but although if we don't see you before, if we're not in touch with you before, then we'll see you next Sunday morning at 10.30. Grace and peace, everyone.